how are we doing today? Good, that's great. This episode, October 20th, uh, yep, that's the day it'll air. I'm recording this about two weeks in advance of that. It is Monday, October 5th, right now, just past 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My Star vs. the Forces of Evil episode is coming out tomorrow. You may have already heard it two weeks ago your time, or maybe longer. That's the great thing with podcasts is they'll stay up for an indeterminate amount of time. So who knows when you're listening to it? It could be the future. In fact, well, it is the future, definitely, at least from my perspective. The fall is here. starting to get a little chilly outside. Leaves on the ground. Very nice. Even though you can't go near anybody who you don't live with, fall is still fall. Today I'm going to talk about a show that I watched all the way through not for this podcast, before I even knew I was going to ever have this podcast, I watched the show all the way through back in December 2019 on Disney+. Plus. And my, the main draw for me at first was I had been watching High School Musical, the musical, the series, or as I like to call it, musical, the series. And I thought, wow, this is kind of fun. And then I learned that Olivia Rodrigo had been in another, another Disney Channel show called Bizardvark. So I decided to try it out. And at the beginning, I liked it just enough for me to keep watching. And I don't know what it is. There's, there's something very, there was something very addictive about Bizardvark. And from the research I've done, it was not very popular. And many people didn't like it very much. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why. Maybe this is kind of a, a like, it, it kind of fits in with the Wizards, Hannah Montana, Zack and Cody era of Disney Channel humor, and maybe what the target demographic was accustomed to nowadays with stuff like Andy Mack, Stuck in the Middle, whatever else, Bizarre Rock didn't really line up with that, and maybe that's why it didn't hit for as many people, because it does really kind of seem like a little out of place airing 2016 to 2019, and it was something that would have been better suited maybe about five to ten years earlier. And maybe that's why I kind of liked it, because that was the kind of thing I was used to with the Disney Channel. Um, this show is iCarly, but not innovative, because it came like almost 10 years after iCarly. There are so many instances of Bizardvark straight up copying iCarly, and I'm not going to talk about all of them today, probably because I can't remember them all, but I wanted to mention that first. So, I mean, first of all, you've got your two main characters in Hi, Carly. Of course, it's Carly and Sam. And in Bizardvark, it's Paige and Frankie. And the, the one difference really is that Carly was the main character of iCarly. Paige and Frankie is really more like neither one is really the main character. It's really more of a, a, a duo sort of thing going on. But Freddy is to iCarly what Bernie is to Bizardvark, at least at the beginning. And that Freddy's like, oh, I can be your... Your, uh, your tech guy, your tech producer. And Bernie's like, oh, please let me be your agent. Very similar dynamic going on. But the reason, of course, that iCarly was one of the most popular shows of the 21st century and Bizarre Trek was not, well, uh, first of all, I already mentioned the era that it was out in. And also Spencer. Bizarre Trek does not have a Spencer. The closest thing they have is Dirk, played by a very problematic and not cool Jake Paul. I'm going to talk about Jake Paul a little more and all of his... Uh, the, the things he's done, but not yet, not yet. And as I said, iCarly was innovative because like the internet and, you know, people getting famous on YouTube or something 
or you know TikTok, of course, Instagram, whatever that stuff. What didn't exist yet? YouTube might have been like very young in two thousand seven, but the idea of a sh- of a web show was novel at that point. And it was this whole new thing, like, oh, you you can we can use the internet because we're cool kids and we can do whatever we want and we can broadcast it to an audience and no one no no adults get to tell us what we can and can't do. It's amazing, and Bizardvark, of course, by the time it's you know, twenty sixteen, that kind of thing is commonplace. It's it's not a novelty anymore at all, and so that's probably part of the reason why there wasn't as as much shine on this show, I guess. So I kind of started talking a second ago about the cast background information, but I guess I'll I'll really just I'll do that thoroughly now. Olivia Rodrigo and Madison Who play the main characters, Paige and Frankie. They were I think like thirteen when the show started. So there's another similarity to to iCarly. Miranda Cosgrove and Jeanette McCurdy were both I think thirteen or fourteen when the show started, uh, and similar with other shows on the Disney Channel. Uh, Selena Gomez was like 14 when Wizard started. Uh, Miley Cyrus and Emily Osment were 13, I think, when Hannah Montana started. Of course, you have uh, the Sprouse twins were like 11, I think, when Zach and Cody started. And a cool thing, I think, uh, unless my information is outdated, in which case that's a little embar- embarrassing, but I think Olivia Rodrigo and Madison Who are like best friends still, which is really cool. I think. Olivia Rodrigo in interviews was talking about Madison who like best friends, BFS and stuff. And I mean, I assume that is mutual. I haven't seen Madison who say anything explicitly about that, but I'll trust Olivia's word on that one. Of course, we've also got Jake Paul uh, here. I've got pulled up on insider.com a list comprehensive list. It seems of his controversies. Uh, I won't really list them. I'll just say, he got fired halfway through season two. This show, Bizarre Fark ran three seasons and halfway through season two, Jake Paul got fired because of, I think that specific instance was some sort of like, like super noisy house party or something that, you know, it was obviously more than just being too loud. There was some stuff going on there. Not that I know the details, but there must've been. And that's what got him fired from the Disney channel and from Bizarre Fark. So so that was halfway through season two. And to be totally honest, after he left, the show got way better. He was still in like the, the intro sequence, the theme song sequence uh, for the rest of season two, even though he wasn't in any more episodes. And in season three, he was he was gone. He wasn't there at all. He wasn't in the intro sequence anymore, not in the cast. And uh, they brought in two other characters to not really replace him, but uh, to you know fill out the cast a little bit, flesh it out. And it was Zane and Rodney, played by Maxwell Simpkins and Ellie Samui, who, whose name you might recognize. He played, uh, I don't remember the guy, Elliot, I think, in Upside Down Magic was the character's name. And ooh, I'm on the Insider website. It says Jake Paul's Disney Channel intro became a meme after he got fired. Uh, oh, that sounds kind of funny. I guess this is like the, I'm Jake Paul and you're watching Disney Channel sort of thing. I'm going to click on that and see if it's any good. Okay, it didn't take me to a meme or anything. It just took me to the video of the Jake Paul intro. And uh, <laughs> top comment on here says, Ayo, I'm Jake Paul from Walmart, and you're watching a ripoff of iCarly. That's pretty funny. Anyway, that wasn't a meme, but I watched it anyway. Whatever. Back to that insider page now, because I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to mention about it. Oh, yeah, this is what it was. Uh, Jake Paul's a terrible actor. And the only reason he was hired for Bizarre Vark is because he had a super big following on Vine. 
And Disney Channel said, oh, we'll hire this guy. And then all his 5.3 million Vine followers, subscribers, I don't know. I'm too young for Vine knowledge. And they'll all watch Bizardvark. And I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it ended up working out. I guess not. Because if, if Jake Paul was the only draw for this show, then maybe a lot of people would have watched the pilot and then said, hey, Jake Paul's a bad actor. Bye. The other two main actors in the show, at least for season one, are Devor Ladridge, who plays Amelia, who doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Maybe I could look on her IMDb page, see if she's done anything else. Uh, would not be surprised if Bizardvark was the only thing she was ever in. IMDb, Devor Ladridge. She's a teen actress and social media influencer. Devor starred on Bizardvark. And, uh, see full bio. Has she done anything else? Anything else at all? So, so it talks a lot about her social media content. So I guess maybe that's kind of the thing they were going for because we'll get to it in a minute. But this show is about a, um, a YouTube light thing called Vugle. And Amelia and Dirk, who are the characters played by Devor Ladridge and Jake Paul, are like established famous people on Vugle. So maybe they took actual internet celebrities, young internet celebrities to play them. Kind of looks like that's what they did here. Inexperienced actors. They got Jake Paul. They got Devor Ladridge. And the last main actor is Ethan Wacker. Ooh, I made a rhyme. Spitting bars over here. He also doesn't have a Wikipedia page, which is absolutely terrible. And it's absolutely terrible because Ethan Wacker, I'll get to it a little more, is one of the most underrated Disney Channel kid actors of all time oh he's done other st stuff according to imdb guest star in casey undercover and hawaii 50 he lived in south korea for a few years i think i knew that uh sports fan ethan has worked with espn disney 365 to create nba shorts with the golden state warriors the boston celtics and the lakers that's pretty cool all right whatever well anyway i'll get to that ethan wacker and his great comedic timing and uh Later on, when I get to a good example in the episode. So let's get started, I suppose, with the pilot episode of Bizardvark, which aired June 24th, 2016. That's over four years ago, for those of you keeping count at home. This episode is not called Pilot. It is called First, with an exclamation point. And we open on Frankie and Paige, played by Madison Hu and Olivia Rodrigo, if you missed that part. And they are making a video for Vugle and they tell their video watcher people or fans as you might call them that they really want to get to 10,000 subscribers so they're already they've got a pretty big following already because they're close to 10,000 subscribers and they need to get there because if they get to 10,000 subscribers then they'll get access to the Vugle studio so basically I guess I guess I'm not I'm not exactly sure where these people live. But from what I'm understanding, anyone on this website who gets to 10,000 subscribers can automatically get access to this super deluxe studio. And I, I this is supposed to be like a YouTube kind of situation. Can you imagine if everybody who had 10,000 subscribers on YouTube could enter at any point YouTube studios and just like walk around and chill on couches and stuff. It would be flood. It would be packed. Well, it wouldn't be packed now. It would be closed down. But it seems like a kind of a ridiculous concept that they never really come back around to. I guess maybe it's just like there are a bunch of different Vugle studios in different cities. So there aren't any 
you know, it's not overflowing or anything, but there, that's my explanation. That sounds good to me. All right. So they're 13, Paige and Frankie, and their thing is they make comedy music on the internet. And the first song they sing, or the first song we see them sing, is about a blobfish and how ugly it is. And they're doing it for like their science project about a, uh, I guess like, um, I don't know, sea life. They're like, oh, we'll sing a song about a blobfish. We'll do, we'll make a video for our channel and do our science pro- project. Kill two birds with one stone, as they say. And the song is like, when I saw you, blobfish. I don't remember the rest, but not the kind of thing that I would listen to voluntarily, necessarily. Anyway, well, ne- voluntarily, necessarily. Another great rhyme. Look at me. I'm just on fire. Anyway, so this was the video they showed to their AP science class at their fancy prep school with expensive uniforms and all the other kids in the class are like, I don't get it. It's not funny. And one kid insults them and calls them like a juvenile or like banal sense of humor. And everyone else in the class is like, Oh, you just roasted them. And Olivia, not Olivia. Wow. It was very, some, when you, when I know the actor, but very well, I'm always, I call them by their real name instead of their character's name. You know, whatever, who cares? I can, I can do that. I can call Paige Olivia Rodrigo. That's fine. That's fine. And Olivia Rodrigo is trying to come up with a comeback, a good insult, but she can't do it. And the bell rings. And Paige and Frankie walk out into the hallway like, oh, no one gets us. No one thinks we're funny. But then they see they check, like, check their phones and see they've hit 10,000 subscribers, so they're happy again. We're three minutes into the episode. First barrier, crossed over. Kind of like Camp Rock. First hurdle, Mitri, sorry, can't afford to go to Camp Rock. Jumped over within the first, like, five minutes or so. Similar thing here, kind of. They've hit 10,000 subscribers, super excited. So they run out of the school to go to Bugle, but school is not over. So like some adult just like picks them up and drags them back in or something. Then the theme song plays. The theme song is uh, average. Oh, average. That's about as nice as I can be. I never really want to skip it. The song isn't good, but the, I don't know, there's something oddly appealing about it. Maybe it's the aesthetic. Like the computer screen aesthetic and everyone doing like goofy dances and stuff with their heads back and forth. I watch it. It's kind of fun to watch. Whatever. So they're at Vugle now. And there are, it's, it's this great room, like angels singing, ah, but it's actually them. Haha, <laughs> very funny. And there are colors and like this yellow tube slide, like a like amusement park, not an amusement park, but whatever. Just like a room with a slide that you can slide down. And they're looking around, and they're seeing all the Vugle stars, like the Bagpipe Ninja, and the girl from Will It Melt, and Horseface Guy, who actually has like a full episode devoted to him in season two or three, I think. And then, here's where we meet Bernie Schatz, who really wants to be their agent. This kid, played by Ethan Wacker, I thought he was like 10, while the other two were 13. Turns out he's the same age as them. And he actually dated Olivia Rodrigo near the end of season three, I think. And initially watching this, I saw when I saw Bernie first, I was like, oh, is he like a tiny, like diva famous kid? Not at all. He's not at all a diva famous kid. He's the butt end of many jokes. And I think it's cool. I think that's a cool subversion. We don't have like, you know, one of these tropes where the youngest is either super dumb, although Bernie's not like very smart, but he's not like a Max Russo super dumb. Or he's and he's also not like a super genius like uh, Parker Rooney, and he's also not devious like Rico or something or a kind of Parker Rooney, I guess. The youngest, who actually I guess isn't really the youngest, he's supposed to be their age, but he looks like the youngest. 
and he's the butt end of jokes. And he's great at it. I think it's fantastic. I love Bertie. Anyway, and he really wants to be their agent. That's his dream. He wants to be a talent agent. And Paige and Frankie are like, all right, we'll let you be our agent if you get someone else at Bugle to also sign with you and become your client. So there, B-plot is in motion. B-plot is Bernie trying to get somebody to agree to let him be their agent. And then we get probably what is the first, like, really funny moment of the episode. It's, it's when uh, Bernie, I think, pulls out, like, the contract, like, the agent contract or something, and hands it over to Olivia Rodrigo. And she's like, this is a love letter to your math teacher. And Bernie, like, grabs it back and crumples it up. That's not the funny part. The funny part is when he says, yeah, we pretend that when I get older, we're going to get married and live in a cabin in Vermont. It's our bit. Like, they could have let that joke die as a dumb Disney Channel joke. And I feel like in many other shows, they would have. But to put a little little different twist on it, in, like, the first time we ever see Bernie, where he, where he goes, it's our bit. And I don't know, something about the word bit there, and the way he says it, he, like, emphasizes the T, like, bit. Very funny, because, you know, trying to cover it up that way. And just the idea of, like, a student and teacher having a bit at all. And the next level up of it being like, oh yeah, our bit is that we pretend we're going to get married. It's very funny that that's like the cover up he uses. Then they meet Dirk, played by Jake Paul from Dare Me Bro is the name of Dirk's channel. As I kind of mentioned before, not only a shitty person, but a shitty character too. And the show improved a lot when he left. And Frankie's like a big fan of Dirk and his channel's like, Dirk, so great to see you. I'm a big fan. And he's like, oh, that's great want to get in on some of this action and he like picks up a cake and frankie's like yeah i love cake smash dares and she like takes the cake and smashes it on the ground and as you could have maybe predicted that was his birthday cake so dirk hates them now and so does everyone else who was about to have a slice of cake then they go back to the like main room where they meet amelia who's played by devorla dridge of perfect perfection is the name of amelia's channel and she's like sitting there with her laptop trying to upload her video. And she's like, oh, it keeps freezing. So Paige is like, let me fix it. But accidentally deletes the video in like two seconds. So now Amelia hates them. And uh, and uh, now we int- get introduced to another kind of funny character who's, I don't think, in this show for that long. But his name is Angelo. And, you know, I'm kind of glad he wasn't in there like the whole time because we would have gotten sick of Angelo. But Angelo is basically Amelia's servant who never talks. Kind of fun. Also, like in uh, in Live and Maddie, Artie's minions who never talk. Similar thing because everyone knows you have to pay the actors more if you actually want them to say lines. So they decide to turn it into a, a bit. There's that word again. A bit of these characters who don't talk because they're, I don't know, masters. Don't allow them to. And anyway, Amelia says, Angelo, bring me my screaming pillow. And he brings her this pillow and she screams into it extremely loudly but the pillow muffles it and it's a little bit funny and here's like the second legitimately funny moment is when she's done screaming into the pillow that angelo brought her she lifts up her face and looks at him and says you're my world with like some some southern accent like a lot of times in the past or lazier writers would have just you know all right, we'll have the scream into the pillow thing. Uh, that's funny enough for the kids, isn't it? But then you add that you're my world thing. And when you think the joke is done, but it's actually not done. That's where the funniest things come from, especially in the Disney Channel. So now Amelia hates them because Olivia Rodrigo deleted her video by accident. And Dirk hates them. Amelia hates them. Everyone else immediately hates them just because they, I don't know, see them 
doing bad things to everyone else. And everyone hates them, avoids talking to them when they walk into the little cafe. They're just walking around by themselves, like, we don't fit in. And then this this robot on wheels, that's not really a robot, it's like a, a screen with a man's face on it. How do I describe this? I, hmm... I'm pride myself generally on being good at describing things. So we've got this like the base of the contraption is like a red platform base sort of thing with wheels that slides around. And then we've got a pole sticking up from the base up to the top. And on the top of the pole, we've got like the little TV screen kind of thing. And it's a man's face on the screen. And his name is Liam. So if you want to get a better idea of what he looks like, you can probably just look up Liam Bizardvark, and you'll probably find it. In fact, I'm doing that right now to make sure that you will find it. I don't see why you wouldn't. Liam Bizardvark. Now I go in images, and hey, you can kind of see it. Or you can just watch Bizardvark. Or maybe you've already seen Bizardvark, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. So this guy who plays Liam, who I don't know who he is, shows up in person like once in the entire series and the rest of the time he's just on this screen rolling around and it's, he's very funny very funny actor and he tells patient frankie about the vidview party where they get to show to everyone the first new video that they make at vugle so like since they've hit 10,000 subscribers so they get to work and they work on an idea they had earlier in the episode for something called the comeback song and the idea basically is because the kid in their science class who was like, oh, you're, this is your sense of humor is so juvenile and banal. And like a minute later when class was done, Olivia Rodrigo came up with a good comeback, which I don't remember what it was. But she was like, oh, I wish I came up with that on the spot. And the idea for this song is basically that I'm really good at coming up with comebacks, just not right in the moment. And that's what they go to work on. Meanwhile, Bernie who, you know, getting that B-plot underway, asks Dirk, Hey, Dirk, let me be your agent. I will hustle for you. TV shows, movies, record label. And Dirk's like, eh. And Bernie says, how about your face on a mug? And now all of a sudden, Dirk is interested. Ha 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 ha. And Dirk, because he's stupid and the worst, is like, I'll consider your offer, but first you've got to be my sidekick for a dare. And the plan is basically to have Bernie butt heads with a ram or something. And Bernie's like, I can't do this. And he runs away. And uh, there goes that, I guess. Sure. Cut quickly back after that. Not quickly, because that scene took, I don't know, two minutes or so. A minute and a half. Don't remember. Don't have timestamps on this. And Paige and Frankie explain to Liam, computer screen man, how they came up with the name Bizardvark, which is a, a cool thing to establish in episode one. I think, and I don't think they ever reference it again in the entire series, but they do that thing where it's like, where it's like, I think they use this in Hannah Montana also, where they want to show the actors looking younger. Like they're already young, of course, they're 13, but they're making them look like they're 11. How do we make them look two years younger? And what they do is they give them these like big overbearing retainers and elastics and stuff. And like, wow, now they're 11. Perfect. And so they flash back to that. And they're like, all right, we have to come up with a name. Let's go through the alphabet. A, Aardvark. B, Bizarre. And then they just turn to look at each other and say Bizardvark at the same time because their minds are just that connected. They're that simpatico. And Liam's like, uh, okay, whatever. I don't understand you people. And then they also try to explain to him their idea for the comeback song. And he's like, what? I don't understand. That isn't funny. 
So Paige starts to doubt herself. Because Liam and Amelia and Dirk and the science kid, they hate them. They hate them or they don't get them. And because Paige is freaking out, now Frankie's starting to freak out and they're second guessing themselves and don't know what to do. Oh no, panic. Total panic. Meanwhile, Bernie, still on his little mission, asks Amelia, Hey Amelia, since you're the other side character in this show besides Dirk, do you want to let me be your agent? He doesn't use those words, but that's the idea. And she isn't interested. And she, and he's like, please, you see, there are these girls I'm trying to impress. And Amelia cuts him off. Say no more. And makes him over by waxing his unruly neck hair. So I guess just like in a matter of a snap of a finger, Bernie can just be placed into videos for this these extremely popular Vugle channels. No planning ahead, nothing. Whatever. I don't really have, at least for this episode, I do this more with DCOMs, but for these shows, I don't really have organized, like, sticking points that I find are weird. I could do that. I just didn't really. So I'm just kind of just, I spew thoughts when they come to me. Can you really blame me of, wow, they just start filming the Vugle video immediately. And part of that is, I think, like, I know you have such a specific amount of time that you can't go over or under. So there's you know, only a certain amount of things you can do. So I forgive a little bit. I bend. Come back to Paige and Frankie, who are trying to come up with a new idea. That's good. That people will like. And they're, they're doing this thing that's really unfunny. It's called Pirates at the Eye Doctor. And Olivia Rodrigo is the pirate. And she's wearing, like, the eye patch and the hook and stuff. And she's going, arr, arr, arr. And then we cut to, you know, the eye doctor diagram with like the big letters and the small letters. And it's just a bunch of R's. And that's the joke. That's the whole joke. And then they go to their tiny little toy keyboard going pirates at the eye doctor, pirates at the eye doctor. Oh, what are we doing? That's what that's what Madison who does, who plays Frankie. Man, the disparity between. All right. So we've got Olivia Rodrigo, Madison who and Ethan Wacker, who are the actual actors and then we've got Jake Paul and Devorla Dridge, who are not actors. You can re There's really a disparity here. Like, if you got two good actors to play Dirk and Amelia... Amelia's okay. Devorla Dridge, she has good moments. She, she kind of, She's kind of funny sometimes, and she improves a lot by season three. But I, don't, I just can't help but think, if you had actual actors playing those characters, how much better the show would be? Whatever. But I, the reason I mentioned that was because Madison, who has really funny comedic timing there... When they're singing, like, you know, at the keyboard, and then she just stops and says, Oh, this is terrible, like a sudden realization. The vid, because the vid view party thing is in an hour, and they still don't have a video. This seems like a little too much procrastination, doesn't it? And it turns out that I'm absolutely correct. Uh, little spoilers, they don't end up coming up with a video in time. But what they do before they reach that point is they play the back and forth game. To try and come up with a video, which I think is like an improv exercise, you know, or where you, you know, just make up sentences. It's kind of fun. You go back and forth with someone, and it's like, I have been waking up in the room, stuff like that. I it was a brilliant sentence I just came up with, playing the back and forth game all by myself, as one does with no friends. Anyway, what they do, Olivia Rodrigo and Madison Who. To try to come up with an idea for this back and forth game is they say, let's make a video about the funniest thing ever. And that's their sentence. 
because they don't have any ideas, because they're trying too hard to please too many people, because they're trying to be perfectionists, and perfectionism is the enemy of good art. Bam. That is, that's theme. That's learning. We learn things on the Disney Channel here. We learn things listening to me, Disney Channel Discourse. You are being educated by listening to my knowledgeable voice. You've learned to avoid perfectionism in the world of creativity. You're welcome for the lesson. Jot that down. That's your takeaway. That's your, that's your simplexity mantra this week. So now it's an hour later, I suppose, or less than an hour later. And we're at the VidView party. And we have, I guess we have two channels who are showing their new videos at this VidView party. One of them is a channel called My Grandpa Clears His Throat. And it's like a, an eight second video of an old man clearing his throat to tremendous applause from everyone else. And then we cut to see like the, the little kid who made the video is sitting with his grandpa on the couch. So this is the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I'm spying on my grandpa and haha, I'm making fun of him. This was like they're a, a two person operation. All right, grandpa, you're the, the star of the video, clear your throat and I'll do the behind the scenes work. And now they've got 10,000 subscribers on Vugle. Brilliant. The Internet is a magical, wonderful place. And the second one is Bizarre Dvark and they walk up like. We have no video. And everyone's like, oh, and Amelia says, well, why are you here if you have no video? And it's like, we don't know. I guess we just don't belong here. Sad music. And they walk out. Disney Channel does this a lot in pilots where like they have high stakes in the pilot and then like never meet those stakes ever again. It's like, all right, here's the piece of information that's going to literally define the show. Is it going to happen? Maybe not. But then it does. Like Star vs. the Force of Evil comes to mind, where in the pilot episode, Marco and Star are like, oh, maybe we'll just go back and not live together and hate each other. But then they don't, and therefore now the show exists. Anyway, Paige and Frankie decide they'll quit Bizarre Rock because everyone hates them and no one likes them and they have no talent and they can't make a video. But Bernie comes in and tells them, good news, I got Grandpa Clears My Throat to be my client. I'm his agent, and therefore, I get to be your agent now. And they're like, oh, sorry, Bernie. Uh, actually, we're quitting Bizardvark, and we're not doing it. But Bernie motivates them, because he's their friend, and he thinks they're talented. And he, every day, he says he hears a voice saying, give up, Bernie. You'll never be an agent. And he says, at least wait until I finished my cereal, Grandma. I don't need this right now. This is very high-ceiling, low-floor comedy, I think is a good way to describe it. Because throughout the whole three seasons of the show, there are a lot of bad jokes. There are some weak episodes. But in this pilot, there are like three or four very high-level jokes. Which is about three or four more than most other Disney Channel pilots. This is one of them. The Bernie's grandma one. She's going to end up being like an important funny character. The one where he's like, oh, math teacher, it's our bit. Where the one where Amelia is like, you're my world, Angelo. That's kind of funny. That's very funny, actually. So that's three. Right there. Three high-level jokes. Like, show me any other Disney Channel pilot. Can you find me one joke that's as funny as any of those? I mean, of, of course, humor is subjective. Comedy is subjective. But, I mean, I don't think you could. I don't think you could. Three great jokes in this pilot. And I suppose, looking back on it now, when I started this show in December... That was definitely enough to keep me invested and keep me wanting to watch this show all the way through, which I did. But anyway, 
Paige and Frankie still want to quit. But then what Bernie does is he shows them videos of their fans online, their fans dancing to their blobfish song, like little girls dancing and then like two grown men because these are well-known little children on the internet here dealing with, with minor fame. And Paige and Frank are like, oh my, we forgot about our fans. We have to do what they like. And the reason they subscribed to our channel is because they like us and our style. So who cares what, what Liam and Amelia and Dirk and the science kid think? We're going to do what we like because what we like is what our fans like. And so like, we got to go make the comeback video. And this one, so we, we do see the comeback video at the end of this episode. This one's very funny also. Like, I guess this would count as the fourth high-level joke in this episode. When I was, said three or four, this was the fourth that one I had in mind. This one's very funny. The songs in the remainder of the show are almost all downhill from here, except the um, the lullaby one. That one's funny. That one's, look up um if you're interested, which you should be because it's funny, because I'm telling you. Look up. On YouTube, Bizardvark Lullaby. Um, I mean, this is an instance of them robbing an idea from iCarly. You might remember Baby Spencer, where you have the crib and then Jerry Trainer's head sticking out of the like a hole in the crib. They do the exact same thing here with Madison, who, uh, Madison, who is like pretending to be a, a baby, and Olivia Rodrigo's like the mom. It's like, all right, time to sing a lullaby, and they bring in like a rock band and. In an orchestra and a gospel choir, go to sleep, go to sleep. It's very funny. It's called it's called the worst lullaby ever, and it's actually on the Disney Channel YouTube channel, and it's funny and it's funny. But most of the other songs in this show are not very funny. This one, the comeback song, probably the second funniest after the lullaby one for me. So go watch that one too, I guess. You know what? You know what I'm gonna do? Uh, it's funnier with the the video. In fact, the video has some essential aspects to understanding the song. But maybe I'll, I'll put an audio clip in here. Why not? An audio clip of uh, the second verse or something, second chorus. We'll see. We'll see what we put in right here. I'm sorry, I didn't order a glass of your opinion. We're so good at comebacks. There ain't nobody greater. We're spitting straight fire. Who cares if it's three months later? This is the comeback song. And they show the comeback song at, to, at Vugal to everyone else. Like, thanks for giving us a, check in, a second chance, everyone. And everyone loves it, and everyone loves them, and now they fit in. And Liam comes in, Robot Man, is like, Bernie, what are you doing here? No, he doesn't say Bernie because he has no idea who Bernie is. He says, what are you doing here, you kid? Leave immediately. And, and Frankie says, no, he's our agent. Aww. Liam says, oh, 12-year-old agent. That makes perfect sense. Thank you, Liam, for saying out loud what we were all thinking, but no one was brave enough to say. Now, Amelia and Dirk are like, you two are cool and funny. Let's be friends. End of episode. So let's look at what we have here in Bizarre Vark. We have two very talented lead actors, Olivia Rodrigo and Madison Who. We have a very talented Ethan Wacker playing a funny character, Bernie Schatz. We have a mediocre actor, Devor Ladridge, playing Amelia. And we have a terrible actor, Jake Paul, playing a terrible character, Dirk who ruins almost every single scene that he's in. I think low floor, high ceiling applies pretty much perfectly here to this show. There are some amazing episodes. One that comes to mind in the middle of season two is Softball the Musical. Probably, honestly, if I had to rank every episode of every Disney Channel show I've ever seen, that one might be in the top ten. It's very funny, Softball the Musical. And then we have some really bad episodes. None come to mind. 
uh, because they're they're bad. So why would I remember them? Similarly, lots of great jokes, lots of very funny moments. One great moment I'll mention that sticks out to me is I think in late season two or early season three, they started doing this thing like somewhat often where, I don't know, whatever the instance is, a character is like keeping a secret from another character and they start talking and they're about to accidentally reveal the secret, but then they, then they like slow down their words and try to change it to conceal the secret. Like, for example, if I was not supposed to tell you that the hat is red and I was, I almost let it slip. I would be like, the hat is really cool. Like that kind of thing is what they would do. And some, I think in season three, at some point, I don't remember what the sentence is. I don't remember what the context is. I don't remember what episode is from, but Madison, who plays Frankie, of course, has something she shouldn't be telling Paige. And this kind of slow talk thing has happened a couple times in recent episodes. So I'm just expecting them to do it again. I'm expecting it to be diverted again. And I feel like it was a pretty long sentence. It was something like something like she wasn't supposed to tell her that. I'll just use that as an example. There is a yellow bird on the tall bookcase. And she goes, says, oh, there is a yellow bird on the tall bookcase because she couldn't think of anything else to divert the sentence so she just ends up saying exactly what she wasn't supposed to say really slowly and that was maybe the hardest i've laughed at the entirety of bizarre drug now i'm gonna go find that again i'm gonna look for that episode again because i want to watch it i may have a very hard time figuring out which one it is maybe i'm going to have to watch through multiple season three episodes to find it hope not don't really feel like going through all that hassle Uh, now i'm starting to see why i haven't seen it again since because i don't remember where to find it and don't feel like going through the effort to find it anyway episode two is the last one i'm going to talk about just talking about the first two bizarre of arc episodes today this one's called draw my life which they constantly shortened to dml so we start off at bugle uh, by the way, if you haven't noticed, we spend very little time in either Paige or Frankie's house. Uh, one of their bedrooms uh, we frequent quite often. I don't remember. I think it's Frankie's room that we're in very often, almost all the time, whenever we see them at home. But most, the vast majority, at least in season one, is spent somewhere in Bugle Studios, either like the main spot or one of the recording rooms. And we start this episode off at Vugle where Paige and Frankie are sitting around looking at all the the creative people like Disco Chef and Opera Baby. Then Emilio walks in with Angelo, who doesn't talk, and who carried a big whiteboard all the way from the parking lot, I think. And Emilio's like, here, a whiteboard for you, Paige and Frankie. And Frankie's like, oh, a whiteboard, yay. The gift that says this is a whiteboard. And Amelia says, oh, it's for your Draw My Life video that you're definitely going to make. And apparently, here's kind of a funny thing. Amelia requested it because now she's one of their fans. She requested they do a Draw My Life video because she wants to learn more about them. And Paige was like, well, why didn't you just say so? And Amelia says, well, I didn't want to have a whole conversation about it. Paige says, I'd probably res- I'd respond, but you'd probably just cut me off anyway. Ha ha ha. Hilarious. I, the, the more subtle funny thing instead of you know just amelia cutting page off is the fact that amelia walked to them 
told them that she requested they do a Draw My Life video instead of just asking them to do a Draw My Life video because she didn't want to have a conversation with them. It's kind of a, a situation where, um, I don't know why, but it reminds me of when I was on, I was on TBTV uh, probably almost like a month ago by the time this episode comes out. And a scene in a Wizards of Waverly Place episode, Wizards versus Werewolves, I think part two, where Max tries to open the side door to their house, but it's locked. And he's like, oh, I have a key. It's inside. I'll just go get it. And he tries to open the door again and it's locked. And he says, oh, wait, I just I have a key. It's inside. I'll go get it. Something about that. Same vibes, same energy going on in these two scenes. Anyway, Amelia tells them that doing a Draw My Life is like a rite of passage for Yugle stars. Flashback to Amelia's Draw My Life about a living on a poor farm as a child and making a lot out of a little, like, you know, I don't know, taking the the dirt and making makeup. I don't remember. Not that, but that's the idea. And since there weren't that many other people around, she, like, made over the farm animals. And Amelia's like, yeah, I'm still humble. Meanwhile, Angelo brought her some water, and she spits it out because it's tap water. And it's disgusting. And Amelia says, I like my bu- I like my water bubbly and sparkly like my personality. And now that Amelia's requested Paige and Frankie to withdraw my life, all their other fans want them to do withdraw my life, too. And Paige and Frankie are like, all right, cool, I guess we'll do that. And they're brainstorming, oh, we'll do the epic tale of Bizardvark that starts 5,000 years ago on an alien planet. Amelia says, no, 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 no. You don't make stuff up. Draw My Life is a time to put jokes aside and be your genuine selves. Cut to Dirk, who just ate 1,000 breath mints for a dare. Bernie is in the video. Don't know why, but he is. And Dirk's like, all right, Bernie, tell me which dare I'll be doing next week. To, you know, as a next time on on dare me bro sort of teaser situation and bernie's like one of your fans dared you to swing across a lake of snapping turtles and all of a sudden dirk gets serious like turtles cut the camera cut the cameras guys because he's got like camera people filming him and the camera people they shut their cameras and like run out of the room because this is just a dirk and bernie situation going on here dirk says confession time little man bernie says Okay, uh, I have bladder shyness. Your turn. Oh, oh, you wanted me to tell your... Uh, oh, okay. Ethan Wackert deserves so much more credit because he's only 12 here, 13, and he has an elite David Henry chef's kiss level of comedic timing and subtle comedic body movements and mannerisms of this, like, you could watch the scene and see. It's the kind of thing... He does the dumb stuff that Max Russo would do. But Max Russo doesn't realize it was dumb. Bernie is like, oh man, I just embarrassed myself, didn't I? And he plays it really well. He like here, he like puts his hand over his eyes and turns away and stuff. Very funny. Later on, I think in season one or two, Bernie has this blow up scene. I think in like a like a studio kitchen or something where he just starts throwing stuff everywhere and yelling about how terrible his life is. And it was pretty scarring, to be totally honest, but very impressive nonetheless. Anyway, we learn that Dirk used to be scared of everything when he was a kid, so he created his alter ego, Dare Bro, and it worked to help him overcome fears, but he's still scared of turtles because his dad owned a turtle business, and once as a kid, his dad, I don't know, brought a turtle home, and it was floating in the bathtub, 
And when Dirk went into the bathtub, it bit him in the ass. So now he's just petrified, traumatized of turtles forever and ever and ever. Bernie's like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you get over your fear in order to keep the promise to your fans. Um, okay, well, one thing, one thing here. Dustin, this guy probably gets like thousands of requests every week, right? Just pick a different one. Pick a different one. Just film the ending again, because you said cut the tape, cut the tape anyway. And be like, all right, Bernie, what dares for next week? And have it be one of the other thousand requests. Like, oh, I dare you to stuff Kleenexes up your ass or something. I don't know. One of the other dares. But that's not going to happen. What happens is we flash back to Paige and Frankie. How's that for a segue? Looking at other drama lives in Frankie's room, and they start brainstorming. What obstacles have we overcome in our life? Oh, well, we tried out for volleyball, and we both failed. And with a lot of hard work and dedication, we convinced ourselves that volleyball is stupid. This is a joke that would probably fall flat if it were told by many people besides Madison Who. Because, like, you can tell where the joke is going, but she delivers it so well anyway. And, and in a way that's not sitcom or not too sitcom like, oh, here comes the joke. Because these characters are comedians who are supposed to be naturally funny. And that we have naturally funny people playing people who are supposed to be naturally funny in Madison Who and Olivia Rodrigo, and it's a great mix. And they're talking, hmm, what interesting things have we done in our life? Well, last Friday, we threw rocks into your dad's pool, Olivia Rodrigo, and Saturday, we cleaned the pool. And now they're coming to this realization, oh no, we're lame. We have to make our lives more interesting. How do we do that? And there's our little conflict. So now it's like the next day, I guess, and... Paige and Frankie are riding around a bugle on a tandem bike. Because now they do everything on a tandem bike. Including sleeping and going to the bathroom, which is a little bit of a challenge, according to Frankie. And Amelia, she sees right through it. She's like, oh, um, you just want to be more interesting for your drama life. But uh, the Mackenzie sisters already did that. And they were triplets, separated at birth. And they bought the bike as a symbol that they'd never be apart again. So Frankie walks off to return the bike. Like, hmm, I guess maybe... That isn't an interesting original idea. So now we just have we have Paige and Amelia talking, and Paige tells Amelia that she's worried that their drama life will be boring. And Amelia says, Oh, I see. It's because one of you is more interesting than the other one. Uh no. I'm not worried about that. And he says, Oh, okay. Good. That's great that you're not worried. Your drama life will be awesome, no matter which one of you is more interesting. And now, Paige is worried that Frankie is more interesting than she is. Uh-oh. Cut back to some B-plot action over here. We got Dirk, who walks into his Dare Bro studio. Dare Bro studio. I'm just rhyming all the time these days. And it's kind of set up like a like a meditation lab. And he sees this this MP3 player, I think. And it's he like presses play, and he hears Bernie guiding him through meditation to help him conquer his fear of turtles. And the meditation is like, close your eyes. And picture nature, the grass and the trees, and a pond with turtles. And Dirk's like, oh, I don't like turtles. But eventually he, like, in his little fake fake fantasy vision, gets comfortable with the turtles. And then Bernie's like, now pick up the tablet in front of you to watch some snapping turtles in their natural habitat. And he picks up the tablet and he presses play and he sees turtles and he throws the tablet on the ground and starts smashing it to smitharoons with a mallet. 
and runs off while Bernie's voice says, Congrats, you're cured. Please return the tablet. It's my grandma's. So essentially, trial number one for Bernie to cure Dirk's fear of turtles has failed, and we are now one iPad short. Wonder what they'll what they'll do next. Back to Paige and Frankie. Frankie walks up to Paige. It's like, Paige, I have a great idea for how we can make ourselves interesting for our Draw My Life. Why don't we walk around wearing astronaut costumes? Now, okay, I have a question here. I'll, I'll stop here. I'll ask this now about Draw My Life. I'm not an expert on these things. I haven't watched many of them, but I'm pretty sure most of them look something like Amelia's does, which is like, all right, this is where I was born. This is my family. This is where I grew up. This is what my childhood was like. These are my hobbies. This is just, you introduce yourself and your, your background, your history, kind of. So are Paige and Frankie in here thinking like their draw my life will be, yeah, so we were born in wherever they are. I don't know. We were born in city and we grew up and we went to school together. And four days ago, we decided to start wearing astronaut costumes all the time. Is that what their draw my life is going to be? Is that what Frankie really thinks is going to happen? Because this kind of seems like there's, it's pretty forced to be like, how can we make ourselves more interesting? Well, sorry, you can't, unless you can travel back in time and have a more interesting childhood, then uh, good, good luck with that. But one way or another, Paige is sitting there with a parrot on her shoulder because Paige is like, oh, I just thought I would buy myself a parrot to make myself more interesting. Sorry, I don't have one for you. You'd never get the parrot. The parrot sits on my shoulder. And Paige walks off with a parrot. And now we got Frankie talking to Amelia who appeared. And Frankie, who wasn't concerned, gets told by Amelia, Oh, don't worry, I'm sure you'll find some way to be as interesting as Paige. We're starting to think, like, is Amelia evil, malicious character? Uh, no, not really. But in this episode number two, kind of seems like she is. Like, first she requests they would draw my life. And now she's, you know, making them fight with each other over who's interesting. But honestly, upon reflection, it really seems like that's an accident. Like, it's just her natural, that's just the way she thinks. Like, oh yeah, one of you is going to be more interesting than the other one. Because very unlikely you have a perfect tie. But I'm almost definitely certain she doesn't have malicious intentions to tear down their channel and make them fight and quit or anything like that. But we cut back to Bernie and Dirk and their B-plot. And Bernie decides, hmm, I know how to help Dirk cure his fear. We'll have him relive the turtle moment in the bathtub. So Bernie has somehow brought a bathtub into Dirk's studio, filled it with water, surrounded it with like a shower curtain. Dirk goes in, obviously not naked. He's got like swimming trunks on and a swim shirt. And he's sitting on one end of the bathtub. And Bernie drops in this tiny little turtle squeak toy into the bathtub on the other end. And Dirk's all, you know, frightened. Terrible actor Jake Paul trying to act frightened. And Bernie leaves. He's like, all right, I'll leave you to, to it. And the turtle starts floating towards Dirk. And Dirk's like, ah, oh, get away, please. Get away, please, turtle. Ah, I'm Jake Paul and I'm acting afraid. And then what Bernie does is he opens the curtain and he's wearing a turtle costume. And Dirk is so startled that he gets out of the bathtub and starts beating Bernie with a wooden stick. Um, I may have a similar reaction if I were sitting in a bathtub and somebody opened the curtain and went, ah, while wearing a turtle costume. Bernie thought shock therapy would work. He was mistaken. Cut to Frankie and Paige, who are now having a, like, an interesting war. Frankie's wearing these pointy boots, 
Now, uh-oh, Paige and Frankie are, are evil-eyeing each other. Paige starts doing cartwheels instead of walking. She's just cartwheeling all around, everywhere, all the time. That's just her, her mode of transportation now is cartwheels. Meanwhile, Frankie decides to start collecting Russian nesting dolls. And she, within like one afternoon, has like 200 Russian nesting dolls just lying on her bed with her. While Paige cartwheels into her room, of course. So they're going back and forth a little bit. Having a little bit of a fight. And now, okay, are you ready? Are you ready for what is among the most clever convergence of A-plot and B-plot of all time? Sometimes A-plot and B-plot don't even converge at all. And you know what? That's okay. I can live with that. Sometimes they converge all the time. Like, oh, I don't know, Phineas and Ferb, where the whole theme of the show is the convergence of all the plots. But then you got a situation like Bizardvark, where they usually converge, but if they don't, you may not notice. Here, Here's what happens here. Here's how they converge at the end. Okay. Bernie decides to tell Dirk that there's a grilled cheese truck in Studio C. And since Dirk loves grilled cheese, he runs to Studio C, but there's no grilled cheese truck. It's a giant turtle pond. And Bernie says, I decided the best way for you to do the dare is just to do the dare. That's how you get over your fear. You just got to do it. And a bunch of Dirk's fans are there. And Bernie's like, well, I've already let them down because I told them there'd be a grilled cheese truck here too. So do you really want to let them down twice? And Dirk is like, all right, you're right. I can do this. And he gets excited and he's about to start. He's about to start, you know, climbing over the the pond with snapping turtles. It's like a uh, a monkey bar situation kind. Not really monkey bars. You know, like those those rings that you grab onto that swing back and forth and you grab on one at a time. Maybe you can picture it. I think I explained it moderately well and Dirk is about to get started and Bernie's like all right wait before we get started just one more second we need to rile up these fans a little bit and Bernie looks at the fans and says this is what Dammy Bro's gonna look like if he falls in and he sticks a ham into the lake pond sort of thing artificial pond and it just gets you know destroyed and taken apart and all of a sudden as would be expected Dirk is like Wow, alright, you know, thanks for just triggering my fears, I can't do this. And he runs away and goes back to the studio. While that was happening, Paige and Frankie showed up to watch Dirk, and they're both wearing astronaut costumes, because, you know, gotta be interesting by wearing astronaut costumes. And Paige and Frankie decide, oh wow, everyone's here to watch someone climb over a snapping turtle pond? I'll do it, because I want to be super interesting. And Frankie's like, no, me, I'll do it. And they both want to be more interesting, and they each start on opposite sides, and they're, like, climbing, trying to climb across, you know. Meanwhile, they're having a, like, Wizards of Waverly Place, the movie type of discussion as they, you know, climb across the pond thing. Like, I need this. No, my life is less interesting. No, my life is less interesting. Well, throwing rocks into the pool is the highlight of my month. Well, I went to a fortune teller, and they fell asleep. I put after that one. I wrote L-M-A-O-O-O. That's a pretty funny... I went to a fortune teller and they fell asleep. And then the next one bounces back with, I read my own diary and I fell asleep. Which I think is a lot more realistic than the fortune teller one. But they're both... They're both funny. They're both high-level jokes. We talk about the high-level jokes. Show me... Show me another show with three to four jokes of that level in each episode. Good luck. Good luck with that, to be totally honest. Anyway, they each... They meet at the middle of the monkey bar ring thingies and since they both met each other at the middle and now they're blocking each other and they can't climb around each other so they like fumble and they lose their their grip and like hanging off by one arm each 
gasp, <gasps> cut back to Dirk in his studio, packing up all his things and quitting. For two episodes, at first episode, Paige and Frankie on the brink of quitting their Bizarrevark channel. Episode two, Dirk is on the brink of quitting Jammy Bro. And both times, of course, we depend on Bernie Shots to motivate. Gives him the speech. Because Dirk was like, he was all down on himself. He's like, I'm Dairy Bro. I'm not Dairy, but not if it's Turtles, bro. And he tells Bernie, who he's known for, I can't really tell how long. These episodes might be out of order, but not that long, maybe a couple weeks. It's like, Bernie, I want you to have some of my stuff. And just like this this bin of, of cool Dairy Bro props. I just want to say, I wish, I wish Dirk did quit. And then Jake Paul never came back. Two episodes, that's enough for you, Jake Paul. You can leave. You can leave, and we will love your absence. But that's not what happens, of course. Bernie, While Bernie's trying to give Dirk the motivational speech, he keeps getting distracted by the things in the box that Dirk has given to him, like the cape. He's like, um, he's talk, trying to talk to Dirk like, uh, there's a lot of people look up to you. Well, he's like, you know, ba- barely paying attention to what he's saying. Is looking at the cape like, oh, it's a cape. Oh, I mean, uh, the hero is your presence. And then eventually Bernie's just like, eh, you know what? Fine. Quit if you want. It seems like you got it all figured out. Good luck, old friend. And I'll just have all the things you gave me. And Dirk walks out. Meanwhile, Paige and Frankie, who are still dangling by rings over a snapping turtle pond, start apologizing to each other. And then they fall into the pond. It's like, ah, no, snapping turtles, it's dangerous. And Dirk walks in, jumps in, and saves them. Like, I got you, because he's a brave hero. And he picks up Paige and puts her to safety, and picks up Frankie, puts her to safety. What a clever conversions of the A and B plot that no one saw coming. Okay, a little predictable maybe, but what I really like about it is... It's not just, oh, how can we make them intersect at the end, just because we want to make them intersect. This is really... That was the conclusion to Dirk's story and the conclusion to Paige and Frankie's story, their storyline, their arc in this episode. Like, those are those storylines are crafted cleverly when Paige and Frankie need Dirk to come and save them to provide a good conclusion for their storyline, and while Dirk needs to save Paige and Frankie to provide a good conclusion for his storyline. It's clever writing when you can have both of those things happen and coexist at the same time. Well, I guess... I guess at the same time as redundant, I could have just said coexist and have those things coexist. And after they're saved, Dirk is like, wow, I guess I conquered my fear because I jumped in without thinking and I just did, I did the right thing and I saved them. But then he realizes, wait a second, Bernie, uh, there are no turtles in there. And that's because Bernie lied about there being turtles in there because turtles are apparently really expensive. So he used an air hose to make the bubbles and to make it look like there are turtles. And, uh, I mean, yeah, okay, turtles are expensive, but Bernie, who's paying for the pond? Because that's probably pretty expensive, too. Where are you getting this money from? Is this already your funding from being Grandpa Clears His Throat's agent? You're getting lots of money from that? Because the fact that you can afford this pond kind of makes it seem so. But anyway, we also find out that the reason the ham got ripped apart when Bernie dunked it in was because he put a tiger shark in there. That's like a ah, funny ending moment. So we end the episode where we watch Paige and Frankie's Draw My Life, where it's like, oh, Paige, we met in music class in elementary school where Paige leaned over and said, wouldn't it be funny if we smashed our guitars now? And Frankie smashed her guitar 
And it was like, whoa, what a crazy girl. And I got kicked out of music class. They were best friends ever since. And we started Bizarre Rock and we like music and comedy. And also, I, Frankie, wore pointy shoes for a little while. Ha 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 ha. That's the end of the episode. One good and important thing about this show is that, as far as I can remember, every single episode passes the Bechdel test. Or Bechdel test. I always forget how to pronounce it, but you know what I'm talking about. There are very few romantic interests at all at any point. And I love that because Alex Russo always had a boyfriend. Miley always had a boyfriend. Romance is such a big part of all these shows. Paige had a boyfriend once, I think, in like the middle of season two where there's an episode where they, I don't know, go out on a date. And then we never see him again. I think Reese was his name until like a few episodes later when Paige is like, oh, I can't figure out how to break up with him. And so that's the extent of it. And I don't think Frankie ever has any romantic interest. Bernie has a crush on Amelia, but like that's that's really it. And I like that. I like that there's no unnecessarily added on romantic subplots. Because that's very bothersome when you add that stuff in and it's 100% not needed. So I guess I'll end this episode with a couple things, actually. Uh, first, to close out the Bizarre Drug stuff, kind of, I'll re-say the points that I've been saying this whole time. The show is kind of hit or miss, depending on, like, it's not just inconsistent from, like, episode to episode, but honestly from scene to scene. You Like, some scenes with, you know, if you have Bernie with Frankie and Paige, who are all super funny, or honestly, like, just Frankie and Paige, or, you know, honestly, even, like, when you got Bernie with either Amelia or Dirk, Ethan Wacker's so talented that those scenes are pretty funny, too. But, you know, sometimes, just, man, Jake Paul's just... Ugh, just it comes through it comes through how bad and inexperienced he is and how boring his character is you got to kind of take the good with the bad with bizarre Vark. and honestly i think it's worth it because there are a lot of good episodes a lot of really funny moments and so if you can kind of you know sit through the cringe a little bit if you can sit through the jake paul if you can swallow that pill i think it'll be worth it and i recommend i do recommend watching this entire show through just like i did because i had fun when i did it and the last two things I want to mention, uh, got some announcements coming up right now at this moment. Uh, I was a guest on another podcast. It's called Shane and Vicky's Decom Clubhouse. It's not out yet, but I recorded it already. And we talked about Teen Beach 2, one of my favorite decoms of all time. That episode is coming out November 6th, which is I think is a Friday. That's another great Disney Channel podcast, Shane and Vicky's Decom Clubhouse. Definitely recommend you check that one out. They release once every two weeks, and they talk about DCOMs, as the title would imply. Second announcement is next week on Disney Channel Discourse, I'm going to have a guest on. For the first time since like my fourth episode, I think, I'm going to have a guest on. And no offense to my previous two guests, Alyssa and Emily, but the person I'm having on next week is a little bit more well-known than the two of them. I'm having on Jonathan from the YouTube channel Phineas Flynn's Law. And we're going to talk about Phineas and Ferb and Milo Murphy's Law because that's what his channel is about and that's what he loves and I love both of those shows as well. And this is a pretty big step up for me, Phineas Flynn's Law. This channel is 25,000 subscribers and uh, that's many more than I have. So kind of cool and also very excited. I love watching his videos too. Very engaging. He's actually um, on Saturday, October 10th, he interviewed Dan Poppenmeyer, so this podcast is about to be one degree removed 
from Dan Povenmire, which is pretty special. So look forward to that. Got a guest on Disney Channel Discourse next week, and you got me going on Shane and Vicky's DCOM Clubhouse as a guest to talk about Teen Beach 2. Definitely go listen to that one, because that one is going to be a fantastic episode where you will learn a lot of things from me and from Shane and from Vicky. We all learn from each other. Thank you.